Next on BYU Sports Nation, new quarterback, new expectations for BYU football. How many games will BYU win with Jaron Hall calling the shots? Where is Johnny? Johnny! I know you're a punter, but I need you for the whole game. Yes, yes. It's fourth down. Whatever. Hurry. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Johnny Linehan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, October 2nd, wherever and however you're connected. It is wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with, for the first time ever, fourth down conversion specialist, Johnny Linehan. Man, it's great to be here. And for the record, I finished my career with positive rushing yards. So for you people out there. (laughs) Welcome, man. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. I'm not sure how it worked out, but it worked out. (laughs) I know I've officially reached, you know, that Uncle Rico realm (laughs) where I'm here now talking about back in my day and now here, you know, just watching these BYU athletes do their thing. Yes, indeed. How excited are you to talk about the kicking game today? Man, I'm really excited. (laughs) You know, I had a little bit of a struggle there last week, but man, our kicking game is awesome. So I'm excited to put some of those bad press to bed. I've got some good news because on today's show lineup, Johnny's former teammate, Ului Lapuaho, is in Studio B to tell us why he feels strongly this BYU team under Kalani Satake will bounce back. Deep Blue with BYU senior Austin Kofensis, his long journey back to his home state and BYU. And don't forget Lizzie Braby, a fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer to preview the Cougars' big-time conference opener on the road. You pay attention to BYU women's soccer because you're married to a former <laughs> BYU women's soccer player. Yeah, no, Marissa, she loves watching the game. She's always, you know, but but annoyed when it's not televised. But man, those girls are killing it. They are they are crushing it, and they have this level of confidence that I don't think other teams have had. So if they've got all the talent, if they can get the mental game right, we could see a long run. And who knows? Don't want to jinx it, but who knows? Last undefeated and untied team in the country. Bring on today's big time BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson had surgery on his injured right thumb yesterday. Zach's mom, Lisa, tweeted out, quote, surgery went well, end quote. The team anticipates Zach will return before the end of the season. Until then, it's the Jaron Hall Show. The Cougars have seven regular season games remaining and the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve if the Cougars are bowl eligible. Switching to the NFL, Carl Van Noy is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week after his performance against the Buffalo Bills. He recorded eight tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, but zero punts. He returns to action this weekend as the Patriots take on the Washington Redskins. Uh, He also helped me save 15% of my car insurance. (laughs) He did everything. Or more. Yeah, Kyle was incredible. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball hangs on against LMU in five sets last night. Barn burner in the Cougars' West Coast Conference home opener at the Smith Fieldhouse. Sophomore Heather Knighting finished with 12 kills. She hit 632 with no errors. BYU plays Thursday at Pacific in Stockton, California. 632 is an impressive percent, but that was like my grades, not as impressive. Okay, okay, 63%. <laughs> Still counts. Connor Manson, Whitney Orton earned WCC Runner of the Week awards for their performance at the Bill Dallinger Invitational. 
Mance took the top spot in the men's 8K and Orton won the women's 6K on a career best time of 19 minutes, 25.8 seconds. Orton's time was the best individual finish at the Bill Dallinger Invitational in BYU history, and I'm just tired reading that. I know, right? <laughs> well, the women up to number four in the national poll, the men at number two. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Backup quarterback you, people, and don't you forget it. We have chronicled the trend of backup quarterbacks making significant and consistent contributions for BYU football within the independence era. In fact, with Jaron Hall now slated as the starter for the foreseeable future, BYU has gone the distance, meaning from first game to last game, only once in the last decade. It was Taysom Hill, of all people. (laughs) How, How about the irony of that? The guy that was injured four times was the one quarterback to go start to finish within a season. In 2013, but every other season, the backup quarterback has started at least one game. So Zach Wilson, we said, hopeful to return before the end of the season. But, Johnny, if Jaron Hall is the starter for the rest of the regular season, these remaining seven games, how many wins do you expect BYU to finish with in 2019? You know, I'm really hoping that that Toledo loss, which at the start of the season at work, I penciled down BYU would go 9-3. and three. I said we'd have losses to Washington, USC, and Boise State. I was obviously wrong about the USC, but I was right about the Tennessee one. I still think that we finish uh, these remaining games with our sole loss to Boise State. I think we can run the table. I think Boise is a good team. Hopefully it's competitive. But it's really going to come down to, you know, how well is our mental focus after that pretty embarrassing loss at Toledo. Okay, so let's run down the remaining games, starting with South Florida. You like BYU winning in Tampa Bay. By the way, BYU's never won a regular season game in the state of Florida. Any game, for that matter, in the state of Florida. You think that will change, followed by the one loss you think is remaining with Boise State. Okay? And yeah. then and then a bye, and then Utah State. And we'll get into the <laughs> dynamics of the remaining rivalry games in just a minute. But then BYU has three games they should win following that showdown with the Aggies and Logan. Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass followed up with a sneaky, tough game at San Diego State just after Thanksgiving on November 30th. You have BYU going 6-1 and one to finish 8-4 and four in the regular season. That's ambitious. Why do you feel so good about BYU winning six of the last seven with a backup quarterback? You know, we talk, especially at, at the Utah week, we talk a lot about there being a talent gap. And to be honest, there is a talent gap when we talk about some of these Power 5 teams. But, you know, switching sports and March Madness, talent gap doesn't mean anything, right? It's who shows up. And we see a ton of upsets. And that's what BYU needs to do. They need to say, hey, we have everything to play for now. You know, we're getting the bad press and, you know, arguably they should be. And they haven't played their best, you know, and the coaches also haven't coached their best. So they have everything to play for. And I think they're going to use that as a chip on their shoulder and they're going to surprise some people. And, you know, this bye week is going to be a good time to recap, turn things around, but then refocus and say, OK, what do we want to do? What team do we want to become? Your expectation for what BYU does the remainder of the regular season is not far off from mine, and that's led off by our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Under Kalani Satake, BYU's backup quarterbacks are combined 3-1 in their first start. The one loss, Bo Hodge against a very, very good Wisconsin team that you played against in 2017, Johnny. The other three times, BYU has been victorious with Zach Wilson. Joe Critchlow got his first start and first win against UNLV. 
And Tanner Mangum came in and made his first start in the 2016 season in the bowl game and won. So three and one. I think Jaron Hall has enough weapons around him. And clearly he was not afraid of the moment at Toledo. Just the way he carried himself with his body language. He was not afraid. He's a gamer. And I think that he'll go down and beat South Florida. I don't want to heap on an expectation of Jaron Hall having to beat both of the rivals. I know that every BYU fan's like, oh, the season's a disappointment if you don't win the majority of your rivalry games. I'm not going to heap that expectation on him. So I think BYU goes 5-2 and two in the back seven. They'll beat either Boise State, San Diego State, or Utah State um, and finish the regular season 7-5 with a shot at win number eight in the bowl game. So I, that's where I go. But, Johnny, hey, wear your blue goggles, man. Keep your <laughs> yeah. blue goggles Get them on. Okay? Blue on goggle to, alert. Yes. Blue goggle alert. Oh, you're going blue for the extra-large blue, blue goggles. Blue goggle alert. Isn't that BYU doesn't lose a game the remainder of the season through those. <laughs> hey, I'd be happy with that, too. <laughs> On to topic two. Johnny, set this one up, my friend. <laughs> what is the most important game left on the BYU football schedule this oh, season? Okay. All right. Well, I've put a huge emphasis on BYU protecting Lavelle Edwards' house. The Cougars have not had a winning record at home since 2016. 2017, 2-4. Two and four. In 2018, 3-3. Three three. BYU beat USC. Huge, huge win for the Cougars in front of their home fans, but lost to Utah and Washington, which means BYU has to win every remaining home game to finish with a winning record at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and that includes a win against Boise State. BYU has had their really, really competitive, close, hard-fought games against Boise State, but typically have come up on the short side. However, the two wins BYU does have against the Broncos, both came in Provo, and both times Boise State was starting a new-ish quarterback and had a new-ish running back. Well, guess what Boise State brings to Provo this year? A top-20 ranking, yes, (laughs) but what's in that top-20 ranking? Who have they really beat? And they have a new-ish quarterback and a new-ish running back playing in Provo. BYU's got to win this game. They have got to beat a rival on their home field, and this would give BYU a second ranked win this season and restore faith and hope into the fan base. you got to protect your home field, which is why Boise State edges out a team like Utah State and San Diego State because it's on your home field and it's a ranked opponent. They've got to take care of business. For me, that is the most important game left on the schedule because I feel like that's the last real opportunity for BYU to drive passion back into the fan base, at least to get people to want to come to those remaining home games. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Did I ever play Boise State? Um, well, you are the fourth down conversion specialist. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've tried to blank it from my memory. So, Spencer, I actually have the most important game on the regular schedule as Utah State. Not Boise State. <laughs> Not Boise State. No, I've, I've tried to just leave all the bad feelings in the past. <laughs> Utah State, that's one of the in-state rivals, and we've struggled with them for whatever reason. I don't think it is a necessarily a talent issue especially not with Utah State, but it is a mental gap and a mental block that we have. You speak about Boise State being a rivalry, and yes, they are definitely a rival, but we cannot lose three straight to Utah State. They're starting to talk too much up in Logan. They have our wagon wheel. I like that Darius Rucker. Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. (laughs) Love that song. Can't sing it if they have the wagon wheel. We have to go up there, go up to their house and say, hey, we're BYU. We don't lose to Utah State. And then from there, we're going to use that, carry that over into the other rivalries and begin to change the history. Yeah, see, I really struggled with that dynamic. Because BYU has lost two straight to the Aggies, 
Can you imagine how insufferable social media will be on the Aggie side towards BYU fans if it's three straight? And so I thought long and hard about that. Oh, man, can, oh, is it worse to <laughs> potentially lose a third straight to Utah State or lose to Boise State again at home? For me, I'm just looking at not only the local perspective but the national perspective. With that ranking that Boise State's going to bring in, and I hope they're undefeated when they come to Provo, that it's an opportunity for BYU to reinvigorate the fan base, to just have another big-time ranked win. And people will be watching because Boise State is ranked. It's going to be on ESPN. It'll be a big, big audience. So that edges out Utah State. But I'm with you, man. Losing three in a row to the Aggies? Yikes. Yikes. All right, we've talked a lot about injuries and specifically about BYU quarterback Zach Wilson having surgery on his right thumb after being injured in the Toledo game, which makes way for Jaron Hall. But yesterday we also discussed a reported season-ending injury for Gavin Baxter, a rising sophomore forward for Mark Pope and BYU basketball. Johnny, which injury will have the greatest impact on the outcome of their respective team season? Zach Wilson for BYU football or Gavin Baxter for BYU basketball? Well, I love both sports, but obviously I'm a football guy. But at the same time in saying that, Zach is a huge loss. He is a, a great athlete, a great quarterback, an important leader for that BYU football team. But I think Jaron is going to be exciting to watch. He's going to come in and make some awesome plays. So I think that the biggest loss for their respective teams is basketball with Gavin really? Baxter. Really? Okay. Well, when you look at what... Anytime you lose a starting quarterback, like that's kind of going to be the default knee-jerk reaction, right? Yeah. Oh, it's your starting quarterback. The <laughs> season's over. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm with you. Because of what situationally BYU basketball is dealing with, they already have Yoli Childs out for nine games. It's awful. Peyton Dastrup transferred to Oregon State. Who's left if Gavin Baxter's <laughs> not going to play? You have Dalton Nixon, hardworking, and he's getting better. But... Then it's Colby Lee, and I, this is this is nothing against Colby Lee, but Colby Lee does not have the skill set and the length, the NBA length of a guy like Gavin Baxter and the vertical leap. It's just BYU has to play a totally different game in the post now, whereas Zach Wilson goes out, and I don't think the offense has to change all that much for BYU football because Jaron Hall does have the ability to scramble and extend plays and is getting better with throwing the football. So in terms of an impact, and, and Gavin Baxter's out for the entire season. Yeah, He's not going to play a game. Zach Wilson quarterbacked BYU to wins against Tennessee and USC. And who knows if BYU gets him back for some of the later games, maybe San Diego State, maybe the bowl game. This is an entire season we're talking about Gavin Baxter. An entire season. And BYU's already depleted in the post. So, I mean, I'm with you, man. Like, yeah. situationally, basketball, it feels like they're hurting. It seems like basketball is hurt everywhere, you know. And, and to add to that, you know, Coach Pope coming in his first season, <laughs> he's been handed a, a difficult plate. To say the least. <laughs> and we talked about this, the timeline of the last six months for BYU basketball, starting with Dave Rose's unexpected retirement. Mark Pope gets hired, hires his assistants. Yoli Childs goes pro, but then says he's coming back. And so at that moment, we were at the peak. BYU is going back to the NCAA <laughs> tournament, but since then it's kind of been this downward spiral. Yoli Childs suspended nine games. Gavin Baxter injured. Zach Salius breaks his foot on the European trip. How many more hits can this BYU team take before, you know, we start to say, are, are they even going to get to a postseason? So, yeah, huge, huge impact that Gavin Baxter's injury is going to have on this team. Our question of the day, back to whether or not you think 
Maybe Utah State or Boise State or another game is the most important game left on the BYU football schedule. Tell us your opinion. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Eli Manet on Facebook. Compelling cases can be made for both Utah State and Boise State. Utah State because it's an in-state rival, as you pointed out, Johnny, which BYU fans desperately need the win. Boise State because they're a top 25 ranked team and would improve the resume of a program that has already beaten Tennessee and USC. Losses in both games would be devastating. A win in either game is much needed. Wins in both games would be phenomenal. Kate. Yeah, maybe you need to put on the blue goggles, but if BYU does beat Boise State and Utah State, at that point it kind of starts to feel like, well, maybe this, this BYU team's turning the corner. Maybe this is a different team. I, I don't know. I don't know. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, Johnny, what's on the way? Lizzie Braby's going to tell us a secret to staying undefeated. And next, Johnny's former teammate, former BYU offensive lineman, Ului Lapuaho, in Studio B. Why he's buying the BYU offensive line. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, fear not. Download the podcast on iTunes, tune in, or Google Play and enjoy on demand. While you are there, subscribe, rate, and review BYU Sports Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Please rate and review. Tell us what you think. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Johnny Linehan for the first time ever making his BYU Sports Nation host debut. How's it been so far, man? It's been awesome. I mean, I'm starstruck by you, Spencer. Oh, you know, so just, just to be, be able to be here and sit with you, it's a privilege. <laughs> I like the sarcasm. Laid on a little bit thick, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Now, we're going to make things even better for you right now and bring in our first guest today, former BYU offensive lineman and one of Johnny's former teammates, Ului Lapuaho. Louie, welcome to Studio B. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> Man, uh, you picked quite the day to come in. I know. And, jo- and join us here. It's the best day. I mean, I wanted <laughs> I wanted to feel comfortable, so at least I have one friend here. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, hey. I, I, good. I'll, I'll let you guys find who yeah, one the friend, friend is. One teammate, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want you to know, I just had visions of Big Louie running down the sideline at Rice-Eccles Stadium in 2016 against Utah after catching a pass that was not intended for you. One of my favorite moments in the history of the rivalry, my friend. I, I, uh, I remember that clearly. Well, that's one of two plays that I remember vividly, and uh, my only regret that play was that I didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> Your teammates give you a hard time about that? I mean, no. It was, man, I would have to look like, you know, Marshawn Lynch to <laughs> score, but that's the biggest regret is I didn't look like it. So. At a first down, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to pull. Oh, okay. Louie, nobody wants to tackle Big 70. Well, that guy, like, he yeah. went to my shoelace. I should have just picked my foot up and Heard jumped. That was like but, four or five speed right there, Louie. Jeez. Oh, man, yeah. That's the 4-4 four, four forever right there. <laughs> Seriously, one of my favorite highlights oh, in the rivalry lore. Oh, I felt like that was longer. I don't, that looked like it was 10 yards. I felt like it was 40 yards. <laughs> I well, you did you. run a long way. and You caught that ball way behind the offense, or the, the line of scrimmage. So That is true. Give yourself some credit for that. Yeah, you had a much more memorable run than I did. But, <laughs> but tell us, what are you doing now? Like Now that kind of you're done with BYU football, what's next? So now I'm just working. I mean, I have a wife and son now just living the regular dad life. And, you know, Justin, from athlete to, you know, fan. 
So Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. What's the difference of watching a game on the sidelines when you're playing and you're in the heat of the game around your teammates compared to just being a fan watching at home or watching in the stands? So when I was on the sidelines, I was either talking crap or talking to my teammates. So uh, either, crap. yeah, Coach Kalani was telling me to be quiet. That's that you're going to get us a flag. Or my friends were telling me like, hey, what do we got to do? So, but now it's like either my wife's telling me to be quiet or my mother-in-law who is a, <laughs> I, I married a Ute fan. Well, into a Ute fan family. So it's, it's, it's hard, really hard. Louie. I know. You're in a house divided situation. I've converted my wife, so I'm, you know, I'm working towards okay. Okay. getting more. It starts there. It, it starts there. It's fun. Yeah, but it is a tough transition, I feel you. I mean, this is my second year out now, and it's tough. I mean, you see me active on Twitter, probably a little bit too active, too emotional, but you're starting to get into the Twitter game as well and giving your opinion out there. I mean, you have to, or else like, it just <laughs> bottles up and you just have all these negative feelings. But, yeah, I just got to be out there and telling people what it is and how the kids are – you know, how the players, I shouldn't call them kids, but how the players are, you know. <laughs> well, you are an old yeah. man now. Yeah. yeah. I'm giving you. Oh, those children. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 they did call me old man, so they deserve to be called kids. <laughs> Grandpa Louie with this on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. Let's talk about the play of this BYU football team and not just take your analysis on Twitter, but let's bring it to live television and live radio, my friend. How would you assess the play of this BYU team thus far in the 2019 season? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same as everybody else has been seeing. It's inconsistent. I mean, we've proved that we could play great in times with our two wins against Tennessee and USC. Like, we looked amazing. So that's why my blue goggles and, you know, we're on. After that USC win, I was like, we can compete with anybody because those are five-star recruits. But then we go against Washington and Toledo and, and Utah. You could see it. Like, there's a little bit of nervousness. It's, it's, it's not talent that I would say we're missing. It's, it's the mental ability to execute. And, you know, that's when you get those ticky-tack small penalties of hitting a guy out of bounds or jumping off sides when you know the count. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's just inconsistency. And if... If we can just pull that all together and, you know, not hurt ourselves, then we'll be able to go undefeated for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we've showed flashes <laughs> of brilliance, right? Like you brought it up with USC and, you know, we can do it. We just need to put together a solid season, not just a solid one game or two, but kind of you're an O-line guy, but talk about your standouts. Who have you really been impressed with so far this season? Oh, geez. Well, I'm impressed with all of them. I don't have favorites, guys, besides <laughs> you know who's. But uh, I mean, I text those guys, uh, some of the guys every uh, every week, and you know, my standouts I would say is Keanu, um, Salipaga, Salipanga. Yep. He was a D lineman when I he first came in. I remember being one of the hosts of him when he was a little D line recruit, and I was thinking, man, I can't wait to push this kid around. But now, so I think uh, Keanu's done well. He uh, moved from guard last year to tackle this year. That surprised me. Um, another guy besides, uh, I mean, besides the three that have been starting, um, would be Chandon Herring. Okay. You know, I like this guy. Um, one of the hardest working kids I've known and really strong and I've been pleased with his play. Um, I want him to be a little bit more angrier, but not to the point to where you do, you know, get some flags or whatnot that come with playing angry. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's he's naturally a nice guy. You should see Chandon in the weight room. He's cleaning the house. Like he is, yeah. he's super strong. But I agree. Maybe sometimes he is. Yeah, too if nice. I could just take some anger and <laughs> yeah, just, just put it in him, in- just inject him with inject the, him with a little crazy. bit. Of, yeah, then 
then I'd be really happy with it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why you were so successful. <laughs> you had the injection of crazy. Probably too much. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was one play that you were pretty angry at. I, I, I don't know if there's a gif about that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, same same team. We we both, you know, Boise State. Yeah, you know, it's you. it's that yeah. blue team. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Lapoao with us on BYU Sports Nation. What advice if you were given the spokesperson role to BYU football and you were addressing the whole team after Toledo and before South Florida, what would you say to that group collectively to help them bounce back? I think well the thing that I would always revert to whenever I was getting um, out of, you know, out of my rhythm would be to trust your training. Uh, my first coach I had when I came to BYU, Coach Tuja, he drilled that in our head. Like we would be doing 100 plays a day and it, we'd be tired. And when you forget everything and you're fatigued, the, the one thing he told us, remember, is trust your training. Because it's not like it's not like Kalani or the coaches are setting these guys up for failure. It's not the first time they'll see the looks that they're getting on Saturdays. They'll practice it. The thing they need to do is they need to trust their training and, and execute it because they have in practice. That's the reason why they're out there on the field. Why do you feel like Kalani Satake is really close to turning this thing around for BYU and getting the Cougars back to national prominence and winning eight-plus games a season? Well, I think he's close because I've seen, I mean, besides being a part of the program um, and seeing the change in a lot of guys, I've seen this this year, like, guys that I haven't expected to play and do well, like, on the defensive side, they're doing well. So he's definitely getting, you know, the, the players to do what he wants them to do. It's just to do it consistently and to do it every week in and week out. Now, schematically, if you were a coach... <laughs> Okay, and and this is this is not saying that the coaches aren't developing good game plans. Whatever, yeah, just, I don't want to get beat up by exactly, my, you know, from an outside standpoint, from from your view, is there something that you would change specifically on the offensive or defensive side of the ball in terms of scheming as BYU moves forward? Um, I mean, one thing I wouldn't, I I, I mean, geez, I like being under center. That's the only thing I would change. I do know that we do have you know, great quarterbacks. So that's the reason why we need to be in shotgun so they could see the field and see their reads. But I do like being under center. The first year, Grimes, well, last year, Grimes came in, he brought a nice system. I like, you know, his cadence systems. I want to just go back to that. But I think that would favor the O-line more than the quarterback. So, but that's the only change I would see. Uh, This is a good take because you're not alone, especially in those third and one situations. When you look at, the offensive line, and maybe this is just because you're an offensive line where it's like, we're going to get one yard if we're under center. Yes, and that's why, you know, we need to. And so, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little bit uh, choked up. Get emotional? I'm really emotional about this. <laughs> we haven't uh, seen each other in a while. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> but, yeah, getting under center will fix a lot of things. Okay, so if you – kind of the, part of the question of the day, if you had to choose one guaranteed win – for the remainder of the BYU regular season schedule, who are you taking? See, this is a hard question because I do not like both teams. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a brother that coaches at Utah State. He's a GA. And then I know, you know, I think it, Utah State is the most important. And by, by most important, I mean like by a decimal, by point okay. zero one. It's, I mean, it is a it's compelling important. argument. That's fair. Yeah. It's a compelling argument because Boise State's at home. BYU's had <clears throat> struggles at home. But – 
you're looking at maybe losing three in a row to Utah State if the Cougars don't beat the Aggies this year. And that's a no-no. That's probably hasn't happened in our whole history. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like you said, right? Boise is probably a bit of win, yeah. but we got to beat Utah State. We have to look good at home. We can't lose recruits to you know those guys up north. So, and I need to be able to have some trash talking ability within my own house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it for Louie. <laughs> Let's get the hashtag trending on Twitter, do my friend. Do it for Louie. Hey, it's great to have you here, man. Thanks, it's great. Let's do it here. again, huh? <laughs> bring back your Twitter analysis and let's uh, let's give it to a live audience. <laughs> we'll see. I've, uh, I've I've deleted more tweets than I've uh, sent out, so <laughs> it's hard. This shows maturity to me. Type it out, read through it, and then sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm just I'm not going to tweet that. And that, yeah, so I've 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 probably have a hundred deleted tweets or drafts that I'm like, you know, I need to just... I also have about a hundred drafts ready for when we beat Utah next, man. It's gonna... I'm gonna get banned from Twitter, I'll tell you that. But it's it's coming. Just save them in the uh, drafts. Good stuff. Louis, we'd like to sign our... You to have uh, to sign our flag during the break. So we'll hand you the Sharpie. Take care of that during the break and then uh, we move on. Yeah. So coming up, what does it mean to be the only unblemished team in the land for BYU soccer? We'll ask Lizzie Braby. And Austin Kofensis of BYU football, the seniors' long road back to his home state and Provo. An unmissable story. Is that a word? This is BYU Sports Nation. Fourth-ranked BYU soccer looks to remain undefeated as they hit the road to face Santa Clara on Saturday. Hear Greg Rubel on the call of the match on BYU Radio 107.9 or on the BYU Cougars app. Tell him, Johnny. Louis Lapoaho making it official, signing his name on the Sailor Coog flag in Studio B. It was great to talk to him, and I just said to you during the break, if his knees didn't take such a beating and he stays healthy, he was a future NFL guy. Like when he got to BYU and the first time I saw him, even Bronco Mendel said, he, he's an NFL body. He's an NFL guy. Yeah, I mean, Louis is really good. I remember when I first came to school before I was on the football team, we were in the bio, same biology class, and we were in this group project. I should have found the the film to share because we had to make this movie of, like, a Lord of the Rings animal. And we I can't exactly remember. I'm sure it's in the archives somewhere, but he dressed up as this big, you know, mammoth person. He's just this bright, lovable personality. And then when he puts on that helmet, you know, like he said, you got to turn mean and, and you got to have that angry bone. And he did have that balance. But unfortunately, you know, if, you, if your body's not willing, you, you are limited. But... Man, Louis is the man. We wish him all the best with the future endeavors. <laughs> you need to go find this video yeah. and post it on social media as soon as possible. <laughs> I'll look for it. We need to see this. We also need to revisit today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson had surgery on his injured right thumb yesterday. His mom, Lisa Wilson, tweeted out yesterday simply, quote, surgery went well, end quote. The team anticipates Zach will return before the end of the season. Until then, it's the Jaron Hall Show. Cougars have seven regular season games remaining and the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve if they are bowl eligible. It's a big if. Moving to the NFL, Carl Van Noy is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week after his performance against the Buffalo Bills. He recorded eight tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. He returns to action this weekend as the Patriots take on the Washington Redskins. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball. Holds on, and I mean holds on against LMU in five sets last night in the Cougars West Coast Conference home opener. Sophomore Heather Knighting had 12 kills. She hit 632 with no errors. BYU hits the road for Pacific in Stockton, California this Thursday. 
Moving to cardio, which I don't like, but these guys love. Connor Mance and Whitney Orton earned WCC Runner of the Week awards for their performance at the Bill Dallinger Invitational. Mance took the top spot in the men's 8K and Autumn won the women's 6K on a career best time of 19 minutes, 25.8 seconds. Autumn's time was the best individual finish at the Bill Dellinger Invitational in BYU history. Both leading their top five teams nationally. Well done. Our Deep Blue segment now features Austin Kofensis, who is a BYU football player that really has done it all. Special teams, defense, offense. He sometimes plays quarterback. (laughs) Even this year, he's taking snaps as the quarterback when BYU gets in that big power formation on the goal line. Again, a multi-positional player who's had a very long road back to his home state after a heralded high school career. We take a look at his story on today's Deep Blue, presented by Tim Daly Nissan. I love football. I just want to be out there playing with, you know, my teammates, the boys. You don't even see the fans. You could have 60,000 fans out there, and you're not really hearing it. It's just kind of white noise, and you're just playing, having fun, zoned in, and that's just what I love. So any chance I can get to be out there doing that, that's the goal. Austin Kofensis has played in a bunch of different positions. Highly recruited national recruit that originally signed with Wisconsin, and it's been neat to see him go through really the roller coaster of athletics. Graduated high school early, went up to Wisconsin, was committed there since my sophomore year of high school, left after the spring, went to Nevada, and then ended up deciding to go to uh, JUCO down in Arizona and Yuma. And fate has led him here to BYU. And uh, a characteristic about him is just his resiliency on and off the field. So his love for the game and love for preparing to play has enabled him to just be a football player, play anywhere, just get on the field. As he gets out to just about the 24-yard line. Austin plays a major role on the special teams and, um, and in our what we call our scrum package. We just kind of rush on the field. I'm the QB in it, so I take the ball under center, and then I flip around, toss the ball to the RB, and then I lead block, which is kind of unique because the QBs usually don't get in, in the mess of everything. Austin Kofensis at QB. The toss back. Sneaks across the goal line for the touchdown. It's an offensive play, but we use defensive players on it. We use special teams players. We use offensive players. That unit went on the field twice last year, scored touchdowns on both occasions. You never know who you're going to get. When I turn around, I'm just like, all right, first guy I see, go after him and try and plug him up so the guy behind me can get in. His role, whatever it happens to be, guard on punt, what we call our L3 on kickoff, or the scrum quarterback, he's just an integral part of everything that we do. We've appreciated his tenacity to be able to move around and do a bunch of different things. And he is he's an ultimate team player. I mean, just how he is around the players, how, how he is around his teammates and the coaches and just everything that he is about. I mean, he's always looking to try to contribute to the team and you'd love to have kids like that on your team. In high school, felt like I had to figure it out, you know, committed early. Not many people commit their sophomore year and got thrown a curveball, but you got to roll with it. You got to learn from it. You got to make choices and you got to do what's best for you. And it's an obstacle that, you know, you can carry on and look back on and be like, all right, well, 
I had this hardship in college, but there's a lot of other things that are going to happen in my life. I can look back on and be like, I got through this, I can get through this. So I look at it as opportunity. You know, we had a four second rule. He was taught, if you make a mistake, think about it four seconds, move on. And one day he came to me, he said, dad, I got that four second rule down to two. And that just shows his competitiveness. I was like, okay, I don't really think you need to do that, but that's cool. In the end of the day, it's your life. You're making the decisions, you're making the choices. Now you got to learn from them. Whatever he decides to do with his life, he's going to be successful because of the adversity he's had to face and how he framed it in a way to make an opportunity, an opportunity for growth. And so that's just a, about his character, uh, really high integrity. He's the type of guy every coach would want in his meeting my dad's probably been my best friend, you know, throughout all of it. I moved out to Wisconsin, didn't know anyone out there. My dad would always text me every day. We just throw balls, thousands and thousands of balls, you know. He would stand in the spot, you know, he'd try and run some routes. It's kind of tough, you know. When you get a little older, your joints aren't working as good as they used to. Sometimes he's throwing me the ball, you know, 50, 60 yards. And so I have to run up and throw the ball back to him because I can't throw it that far now. And I, I think that he, he kind of, you know, he got a kick out of that. But he still has sure hands, you know, he caught every ball. So, yeah, he was out there, you know, being my best friend and helping me, you know, overcome a lot of things and, you know, just was there for me when I needed it most. And he still is. I'll always be there to give him my insight, but at the same time, he's making the decisions. But I, I want to be there for him, of course, all of our kids, and, and you want to be that, that rock that they can have. Austin Kofensis, just an outstanding, outstanding young man. If you didn't get that from that piece, uh, great work on the Deep Blue segments by our crew here at BYU TV. Yeah, Kofensis, one of my favorite teammates. Love that guy. Yeah, he, Love you. He's Austin. the Swiss Army knife, right? <laughs> yeah, he's legit. All right, coming up, maybe the most impressive thing Andy Reid has ever done. <laughs> and Lizzie Braby of fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer as the Cougars chase history this Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYUSN is Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio and is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. I know what Johnny's doing this weekend. He's going to figure out if he was good enough to make the best of BYU Sports Nation. Right? <laughs> Maybe the bloopers, yeah. Well, there's a young lady that uh, is making a case for the best of BYU Sports Nation. She's one of the best of BYU soccer. Lizzie Braby, senior midfielder and forward in studio. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Okay, you can play both well, but do you prefer midfielder or forward? Um, I, I like midfield. Why do you, why do you like the midfield? I think there's just a lot of responsibility in the attack and on defense. And I love it. I love the pressure and I love responsibility. So do you like the pressure of live TV and live radio? Mm, not as much <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing, maybe but. <laughs> so far. So good. Hey, tomorrow, fourth ring BYU women's soccer opens West coast conference play. And will attempt to do something the Cougars have never done. That's win at Santa Clara. Why do you feel like this team is so confident about making history against the Broncos on their field? We have taken it to every team this year. And we have such a different mindset. And it's a different feel. And our chemistry on and off the field is like something I've never experienced before. So I think this team is the team to do it. 
Yeah, talking about taking it to other teams, you've outscored opponents 29-3. to that, <laughs> that is a large baseball score, <laughs> which is awesome. But what does that number four national ranking mean to you guys, or do you just not even pay attention to it? This team, we just take it game by game. And we do, like, we think about where we've come and where we are now, but it's just the game ahead of us. And I think that's what sets us apart is we don't let it get to our head. And we know every team is going to give us their best game. And so we have to do the same. Lizzie Braby of BYU Women's Soccer with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's take a, a little bit deeper of a dive <clears throat> Excuse me, into what you talked about, the, the camaraderie and just the dynamic of this team compared to some other really good teams that you've played on here at BYU. What, what are the specifics that uniquely set this team apart? I think this team is just so mentally strong. Like in pa- in the past, I we've had great teams, like you said, but this team, no matter like if we're down or if like I don't know any situation, we come back and we come back stronger. Like halftime, we set we set in and then we have a different mindset. And so, yeah. So talk about that a little bit. That mental strength. Where does it come from, you guys? Going to see any psychologists, reading any books, you know, saying special prayers. What's the mindset behind that? We do work with Craig Manning, and we made it mandatory this year for our whole team to do it, and Sidaway, Maddie Sidaway Gates. And it's made the biggest difference for us. And, yeah, so it's, it's awesome. We've had a lot of progress with it. Yeah, I remember as my my time as a punter, right? It, it is very mental, and I did a lot of work with Craig as well. And yeah, former BYU women's soccer player Maddie Sidaway Gates is she did a boot camp and is now kind of Craig's go-to person, right? So mm-hmm. how's she doing in that role, and what's that like to see her kind of teach you rather than as a teammate? I've always looked up to Sidaway, and she she's a big big impact player on the team last year, and um, she. She's just like everyone's idol. She is so mentally strong. And even last year with like how far we came last year compared to the year before, like she was our captain. She set the example and she still does. And we all look up to her so much. So anything she has to say, we we really take it in and do it. Lizzie Braby with us on BYU Sports Nation of fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer. The Cougars play at Santa Clara, a place they've never won on Saturday. You are the last undefeated and untied team in the entire United States of America and the NCAA. How does it feel to play with that permanently affixed bullseye on your back? I love it. Like I said before, I love pressure, and I think all of us do well under pressure, and we thrive on it. I thrive on it. And I love just proving myself and everyone like wrong. You know, I love I love proving the other team wrong and coming out with like this attitude of, you know what, I have to play my best game, but I know our best game is better than theirs. So Yeah, you you'll miss that pressure uh once it's gone. <laughs> uh but but it is unique and it is fun. But but talking about the team and obviously you're all elite competitors, but who is the most feisty and fiery competitor on the team? Ooh, I think it just depends on the game and what they're giving to us. Uh, I think our back line is really feisty, especially our outside backs. And our forwards can be too. Everyone can be feisty. Let's name names, Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... (laughs) Uh, I mean, Alyssa Jefferson has that reputation, right? Super fiery. Mm -hmm. Nicest girl you'll meet off the field. It's not a bad thing. You play against her. Oh, no. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. And then... 
I mean, you're right. Your, your defensive back. That's where my thought would go is the defensive yeah. back. That's so feisty. Mm-hmm. Coach Rockwood's in her 25th season and has done remarkable things, to say the least, for this BYU women's soccer program. What's your favorite moment with Coach Rockwood since you've been at BYU? Oh, that's a hard one. I think more than anything, I remember the funny moments on the, like, if we're off on the bench and we're just listening to Jen talk, like the other day, um, she was like getting a little frustrated at our wing players and I'm a wing player. And she's like, how many times has it worked on the wing? And like wanted us to play more centrally. And right as she said that, we got across from Bing and we ended up scoring on it. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, Oh, and we all were like, these are the moments we live for. It's just so funny. Right there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she, she's awesome. We love her. And we look back at those moments and we laugh so hard. And I, I don't know. Those are the moments we live for. Why for did sure. you feel like you needed to choose her and BYU when you were heavily recruited and you had many options? Why BYU? I have always loved the idea of BYU where I could get really good education as well as education in my religion and I wanted to learn more about that but also I've just I had just heard about the environment there and how good of people are around and I wanted to be a better person so if I surround myself with better people I hopefully I would become a better person and it's true like this school is amazing so yeah, and it helps that it's a soccer powerhouse as well. It's almost like yes. we're a yes. BYU women's soccer and volleyball school. But yeah. kind of flipping to the academic side of things, what are you studying in? And then once your BYU career is over, what, what's next? What do you hope for? So like every other athlete, I'm exercising wellness, but I actually do have a passion for it. I, I love health and fitness, and I've always loved it since I was little. Um, so hopefully... In the future, I'll become a personal trainer or a strength and conditioning coach. I am wanting to work with Terrell Moore, who is our strength and conditioning coach. And I love watching people um, improve in what they love. So hopefully I can do that for some people. Lizzie Braby with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you. Um, Let's have you sign the Sailor Coog flag uh, during the break. And let's give you some karma for the game against Santa Clara on Saturday. BYU Sports Station karma is bestowed upon Lizzie Braby. And just so you know, the National Women's Soccer League is also out there if you're interested in that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's out That's there. true. <laughs> now. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Johnny, what do we have in store? An NFL honor for a BYU Cougar coming up in the whip. And Andy Reid has done a lot of fantastic things as a head football coach, but this might be the best. <laughs> And it has nothing to do with football. This is BYU Sports Nation. The BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Shout out to today's guests, Louis Lapoaho, former BYU football player, and Lizzie Braby of fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer. She, too, has now signed the Sailor Coog flag. The show is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Zach Wilson underwent surgery on his injured thumb. The team anticipates that he will be back before the end of the season. BYU has seven games remaining, not including a possible bowl game in December. Cougars in the NFL. They're going to play in a bowl game, Johnny. 
Kyle Van Noy is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week after an incredible performance against the Buffalo Bills for his New England Patriots. He had eight tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, and a partridge in a pear tree. He returns to action this weekend as the Patriots take on the Washington Redskins. Volleyball. Number nine, women's volleyball beats LMU in a five-set scorcher. Sophomore Heather Knighting had 12 kills while hitting 632 with no errors. The Cougars' next match is Thursday at Pacific. Track and field. Connor Manson and Whitney Orton earned West Coast Conference Runners of the Week for their performances at the Bill Dellinger Invitational. Mance took the top spot in the men's AK. Orton won the women's 6K on a career best time of 19 minutes, 25.8 seconds. Orton's time, the best individual finish at the Bill Dellinger Invitational in BYU history. And here's a tongue twister. The USTFCCCA National Coaches Poll ranks the women's team at number four, and the men's team stays ranked at number two. Golf. Shout out to the BYU men who continue to absolutely kill it on the links. They won the Nick Watney Invitational with a team combined score of 30 under par. Peter Quest for perfection finishes second at 13 under in the individual race. His teammate Rhett Rasmussen finishes third at nine under. Well done, gentlemen. All they do is win tournaments. Rugby. The game played in heaven. Sean Davies plays 54 minutes in a 33-9 USA loss to France in the Rugby World Cup in Japan. Did New Zealand win today, Johnny? New Zealand won 63-0 okay. against our friends uh, in Canada. Just, just asking. Just asking. Today's rise <laughs> and shout-out is a combined effort. Johnny, I'm going to give you the honor since this is your debut. All right, so Andy Reid... Mm-hmm. Steve Mariucci spoke to ESPN and reported that Andy Reid, when they went out to eat, when they were coaching back in the 90s, that he ate a 40-ounce steak in 19 minutes. <laughs> this was at the Prime Quarter Steakhouse. When they brought out the steak, 40 ounces, they were told, hey, if you eat this in under an hour, you'll have a photo on the wall. That photo is still there today. Mariucci, he ate it in 30 minutes, which is an impressive That's feat impressive. himself. But Andy Reid, man, 19 minutes. Okay, a two-and-a-half-pound steak in under 19 minutes. That's incredible. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort answering the most important game left on the BYU football schedule at CougarFan08 says it has to be Utah State. Losing to Utah is bad enough, but losing to little brother would be devastating. BYU needs to reclaim the wagon wheel and restore balance to the madness. Hashtag put little brother in his place. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Go Cougs!